Thanks for joining the Abide YouTube channel. For more information about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. Man, I have faith for that. You know, as we were, you want to open up your Bibles to Romans 12. We'll start there today. Romans 12. Romans 12. And I was speaking to the team this morning, and I really felt today that God was highlighting a few things and he was wanting to author a few things in our hearts. So I want you to think of it like this. I believe today, if you can picture the Lord having a pen in his hand and him writing on your heart, I believe there's a couple of things he wants to write on your heart. Are you with me? I believe those two things he wants to author is faith and unity. Say faith. Faith, unity. Faith and unity, I believe, are essential ingredients for us as we step into partnership with the Lord, right? How many of you know this is a partnership? Like, listen, God is in control, but he's looking for us. why he tells us to co-labor with him. And so today, today, I really want to talk to us about navigating. How many of you know there's a lot going on? Could you feel it during worship today? Every week, we're a house of prayer here. If you didn't know, we meet here on Tuesday mornings and Wednesday nights. And it's one of the main things we do. We have a lot. We're about to have a school in September. Hey, hey. It's going to be amazing. I'm really excited about that. But in the midst of all that's going on, especially in the prayer room, you begin to pray for things like Cuba, you know what's going on in Cuba, Haiti, and all of the things that are going on in the world. If you're not careful, those things begin to creep into your heart. And it begins to affect you. So when we go into a song like, all the earth will shout your praise, and you begin to sing songs that are rooted in faith or are rooted in his goodness, when you're going through difficulties or you see all that's going on in the world, how many of you know it becomes difficult to stand in faith and declare those truths? Are you with me? And I believe one of the things God wants us to realize today is we need to be aware of all that's going on in the world, but we need to not allow it to get on the inside. So in Romans 12, Paul's writing a letter to the people of Rome, to the church of Rome, and he's, he's giving them context to everything that had happened because Jesus died and was resurrected, right? You read Romans 6, 7, and 8, and he's talking about how you are now free from sin. You're no longer a slave to sin, but you are made a new creation. And he gives this beautiful imagery of what Christ did for us. But then the second half of the book of Romans, which really starts around chapter 12, he changes the narrative, and he's giving us more of, of an instruction on how we are to live due to what we have learned, right? So what did we learn? We're no longer bound to sin, but we have freedom in Christ. So then, right? So then, how should we live? And so in Romans 12, it starts like this. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? What is he saying? What should be our response to everything that we just talked about in the beginning of this letter? Because this was a letter, right? He says, I encourage you to surrender. Say surrender. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I don't know how long you've been here, but, but if you've been at Abide any, any number of weeks or time, you know that worship is really high on what we do here. We believe that God has established us as a place that lifts up Jesus, like as high as, as, high as we can in this moment. And then once we get there, we lift them higher again. Yeah. And many times when we come into this environment, we think that's worship. So when do you worship? You say, well, I worship when Covey or Desi or Pastor, any one of our leaders lead us. But what Paul's saying here is, listen, the way you live your life, the way you choose to surrender, I know surrender can be a dirty word in the church. But the way you choose to surrender and to yield and to give yourself, this is actually, according to Romans 12, your genuine expression of worship. 
So I would submit to you this morning that God is more interested in the actions of your life than the sound, than the sound of your song. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you parent. But here's what happens. In life, in, in, the, in the tension of everything I described to you this morning, with Cuba, with Haiti, with all that's going on, it, you begin to feel pressure. How many of you have felt the pressure? Even the narrative that's going on right now with, is COVID back? What should we do? How should we respond? Do we vaccinate, not vaccinate? And everybody's divided. And the Bible's clear. A house that is divided can't what? So the enemy doesn't have to destroy your life, wreck your life, cause sickness to come upon you. He just has to divide us. He has to keep you on one side or the other. And that's why I believe if we remain in a place of faith, there's nothing I can do to author faith in your life. The only way to grow in faith, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's both the written word of God and the word of God that comes directly from him. So what are we saying? Only the Holy Spirit can author faith, but here's what we can do. We can fight for unity. Yeah. Come on. We can choose not to stand on one side or the other. Oh, I know. Don't bounce eyes. I'm talking. This is important. <laughs> Y'all bouncing eyes. That we remain in a place of unity so we move together. Say together. Yeah. Together. Not just together with the people that we agree with, excluding the ones we don't agree with, but that we fight for unity. The bond of peace within the Holy Spirit. And so in this time, I want to talk to you today about Jonah for just a little bit. And, I, and, and really what, what I want you to see, the picture that I'm going after is that we would embrace, that we would embrace Nineveh. Not so much as the location. I'm not telling you to move somewhere to the Middle East and embrace that. But I believe that, I believe that God is calling us. Every single one of you, you have a purpose. You are here for a reason. And it's not just to sit in a seat. We're thankful you're sitting in a seat, but there's, there's an assignment on your life that God has given you. And the purposes of God, the purposes of the enemy is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He can do nothing outside of that. There's no goodness in him. But God came to give us what? Life and life in overflow or life in abundance. So, so what the enemy tries to do, actually, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Mark 4. Because I want you to see something really quick. In Mark 4, there's a really story we're really familiar with. And it's Jesus. He's in, this, he's in the boat with the disciples. And it says this, Matthew, Mark 4, sorry, I say Matthew. Mark 4, 35. Let me slow down. It says this, as the evening came, Jesus says to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind. There were other boats that followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, and the high waves were breaking into the boat. And as it was began to, and as it did, it began to fill with water. But Jesus, verse 38, was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And then the disciples came to him shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Silence, be still, he spoke to the wind. And suddenly, say suddenly. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. But then he turns to his disciples, which how many of you know you're a disciple of Jesus? You're a disciple of Jesus. So this should speak directly to us. He turns to his disciples and he says, why are you afraid? And then he rebukes them, right? He speaks to them. He says, why do you have so little faith? Many translations say many different things, but, it, but, it, but, but he challenges them on a heart level about the faith that they have in this moment. So what's going on? They're traveling on this journey and Jesus is saying, hey, listen, get in the boat. We're going to the other side, right? And as they're on this journey that Jesus appointed them on, it's one thing if you're on your own journey, but when Jesus appoints you on a journey, there's a protection over that journey. 
It's one thing if you're wandering, making your own plans, but when you hear the word of the Lord and he's telling you to go, there is a protection, a covering that goes with you. So they're in the boat, and all of a sudden there's a storm which was not abnormal for this time. Many of these disciples were fishermen. So you got to know for this time as they're traveling, it would not have been abnormal for them to find themselves in a storm. Better yet, they were equipped with knowing what to do in the storm. So what am I saying? The issue wasn't the storm. The issue was that what was, what was on the outside started to get on the inside. And once what was on the outside started to get on the inside, they began to panic. And they panicked so much so that they began to make accusations about Jesus that you're like, whoa. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, where are you? These are the questions as we navigate life. Listen, last week we went through a really difficult time. Was it this week or last week? It was this week. We have a pastor friend um, that actually my wife had known for a long time when we were up in Jacksonville. And actually last Sunday morning when I came to church, I had a message from my friend that said, hey, I need you to pray. Our pastor's sick and he's in really bad condition. We need to pray. And I have faith. How many of you have been there? You, you receive a message and you feel faith. You begin to pray and you feel like, oh, that's about to shift. And so Monday came along and I was spending time with the Lord. And I, and I, and I wrote him. I said, hey, what happened? And he said, he passed. And in those moments, it's like, if I'm being honest, like, let's be honest for a moment. You have this situation that happened, and you're like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that because I prayed. He's a pastor. And then in that moment, I'll be honestly, this week, we were navigating a lot. Even, even within, our, within our relationship, you, you begin to feel, like my wife was talking to me yesterday. She said, well, I begin to think like this. Well, if, 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 if God didn't heal Anthony Beckham, what stops him from not healing you if you get sick? You understand all the voices that begin to creep in as you're navigating? And the issue, listen, the rebuke was not the disciples being in a storm, not even their faith. The, the, the rebuke was how you responded in the midst of the storm. It was the response of the disciples. Why have you allowed fear? And I want to submit to you, this is where a lot of the church is today. It's like, God, if you're walking with Jesus, you've got to know, like I said, he has chosen you, appointed you, called you. You may not know the whole final destination, but maybe like Abraham, you know you've got to leave where you were. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going, but I know I can't stay here. And in the midst of that journey, there are going to be things that happen that if not properly navigated, we begin to make accusations and cases against God that is not who he really is. Preaching better than you're responding. And I believe what Jesus is, is, is calling us. And, I, you know, sometimes we get into church and we feel this pressure to begin to pray against the devil. The devil is attacking me, brother. And, there's, and, and I, I want to say to you this morning, I think many times we're not dealing with demonic oppression. We're dealing with a battle against self. And here's the battle that we're all in. This is probably the toughest battle we're going to fight. If you're in here today, you know it's who you are today versus who the person God has called you to be. It's like when you sit down with your journal and you begin to receive from the Lord or you read the word or you listen to a sermon and you say, I understand that's who I'm supposed to be, but this is where I'm at. This is my struggle. This is my tension. I believe this is the hardest thing to navigate for us as a people because in the midst of this journey, we become discouraged. Are you, are, do you understand what I'm saying? And so like I was saying the book of Jonah and the book of Jonah, you see in the very beginning of the book, it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah right? Like today, you're sitting here today, and the word of the Lord is coming to you. Even during worship, as they were releasing over Afghanistan, 
Why do we say, hey, let's begin to declare so things would change in Afghanistan? Because when a word that comes from heaven is released, it has real power in real time. Real power. It's not just like this hopeful wish fly hope. No, real power in real time. So when you submit yourself to the leadership of Jesus and we're here together and you receive the word of the Lord, you've got to know that that, that seed, right? Let's think of it as a seed. That seed is pregnant with promise. It's alive. It, listen, every seed that is planted by Jesus has every capability to be everything that God has spoken to you. You see in the parable of the sower, the same seed is thrown out. What was the determining factor of the growth of the seed? The soil. Some landed on hard ground, rocky ground, meaning what? As we listen to the word of the Lord, as Jonah did, we all have a decision to make with what we hear. Some of you are in this room, you're hearing things like, you're called, you're appointed. You're like, ah, no. We pay people in the church to do that. It's quiet. <laughs> but as the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and as it's coming to you today, I want to say to you, you have a responsibility to steward that word. How you respond to that word, even when it doesn't make sense, this is what we see in the life of Jonah, right? The word of the Lord comes to Jonah, and what happens, he says, let's read it. I want you to be able to say, he read the Bible today. I started with Romans, yeah? The Lord gave this message. Your translation may say, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And it said, get up and go. Say that. Get up and go. Get up and go. I want you to hear that like God's saying it to you. Get up and go. Get up and go. Get up and go. Wake up. Go. Go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Not a good plan. He went out to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish and he, brought a, he bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to this place. So from the very beginning, you see the word of the Lord coming to Jonah, which means what? He had the ability to discern God's voice. This wasn't just a Joe Schmo that this was the first time he had heard the voice. Like, he knew how to hear God's voice. The issue wasn't whether or not he had heard God. The issue was, I don't like what you're saying. And so the moment the word of the Lord came, he's like, ah, I'm not about it. I'm going to buy a plane ticket, and I'm going to Tarshish. And I believe in our life, if you've been here for some time, you've heard me talk about this before, but I believe it's one of these messages that is essential because from season to season, we navigate differently, right? And so in the context of your life, when God gives you a word and he's calling you or asking you to give something up, right? You have two decisions. Are you going to embrace Nineveh, which is your purpose, the place God is calling you to go, the place he has ordained you to go, or are you going to buy your ticket to Tarshish, which for some people would be secret sin. It would be comfortability. It would be comfort. It would even be, listen, it would even be things that were good in one season that God's calling you out of in the next. Let me give you an example. There was a season in my life where God wanted me to wake up at a certain time every day. And when I did, at 5 o'clock, it was like, Jesus, you're here. And then there was a season where I began to feel kind of stale. You know what I'm talking about? Don't lie. You start to feel stale. It's like stale chips. You could eat it, but it's no good. And immediately I'm like, let me go back to the 5 a.m. thing. And I would wake up at 5 a.m. I'm like, I feel staler than before. <laughs> Why? Because in different seasons, God is calling you. Like some of you know this. There were things you used to be able to pull on that the Lord's not letting you pull on anymore. <laughs> and so we're navigating, right? In, 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 in the story of Jonah, you see him go on this journey, and he begins to run away from the Lord. And for many of us, we read the story like, bro, he's so hard-headed. 
But the reality is if we put ourselves in the narrative in our current day situations, we do this a lot. Go pray for that person. Go sow that seed. You, you, listen, I don't know where you're at on your faith walk, but if you begin, the Bible says this, his sheep hear his voice. Meaning that God is speaking. He's speaking and he's wanting his sheep, which is us, his people, to hear his voice and to respond to that. But many times due to fear, insecurity, this is why we're starting a school that are answering these two questions. Who is God and who are you? Because we want people to, when they hear the word of the Lord, immediately respond. I don't understand, but I'm going to respond. I'm going to obey. But for many of us, man, and, and I'm not excluding myself, there have been many times. There was a time when I was pastoring in Merritt Island, Florida. And there was a kid who would come to the service named Trey. And Trey was a drug addict, and he would struggle, but he would, he would just roll in. Those are honestly my favorite kind of people, the, the ones who just roll in. Like, I'm just here, you know, like... I just, you, then they, they're, they're ashamed. They don't know they're my favorite. If you're, you, you're my favorite. It used to be me. And he would come into service, and this one day he responded in altar call. And I was standing about the middle of the sanctuary, and I began to feel the Lord tell me to, to speak some words to him. And they were hard. Not every word is, like, beautiful, like, you're going to go to Disney. Like, sometimes it's hard. And I'm like, I don't want to give that word, man. And so I did, like, I did the spiritual thing. I'm going to get on my face. You know, like, the lower you are, the more spiritual you look, even if you're in disobedience. But <laughs> so, so service ended. My mother-in-law got up. We were serving with them at the time. And she closed the service. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. We'll get him next time. So I'm sitting in my room on a Tuesday evening. And my father-in-law comes, knocks on the door. And he's in panic. He's like, I got to go. Something happened. Long story short, Trey was smoking with some friends, and I guess the story goes, they were singing a rap song together, long, a gun accidentally goes off, and it, hit, and it lands, and it hits Trey right in the head. I know, not a happy story. And I had to, like, process, like, let's just be honest, I had to process the reality that God, God knows everything. And God was after Trey, and I'm not here to say where Trey is, that's not my job, right? Only God knows the heart. But here's what I know. I'm responsible for my actions and for when God is speaking to me. That moment for me, that moment for me was, am I going to embrace Nineveh, which is discomfort? This is awkward. What is he going to say? He's a is he going to understand or am I going to walk towards what's comfortable? And in that moment, comfortable even looks spiritual. It would have been easy for me to go, no, 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 I'm just, I'm like a Mary. I'm just pouring my oil out. But I knew in that moment what God wanted to, from me is to give him a word where Trey knew he was seen. So Jonah goes on this journey, right? He buys the ticket, you know, he gets on a boat. And as he gets on a boat, a storm comes. And a storm comes and it, it, it's so disastrous that people begin to panic and they start to pray to their gods. They start asking and Jonah is asleep. Because this is the nature of people that buy tickets in opposition towards, to God, right? Like, people who are, who are going the opposite direction of God's purposes, you may not be physically asleep, but you are spiritually asleep. And many times, everybody that's on this journey with you, because everybody on the boat was on that journey, everybody on the journey with you is affected because of your actions. I know you don't want to hear that. That's too much responsibility. But I'm telling you, as, as a carrier of the kingdom, that's what you are, right? 
You're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. You're a carrier of his kingdom. When he's calling you, when you choose to walk in disobedience, it doesn't just affect you, boo-boo. It affects everybody in your boat. It affects your family. It affects your friends. Because the same way that everybody who walks with you when you're in obedience is under blessing, it works the same way on the other side. Jonah gets thrown out of the boat. He confesses. They Actually, they cast lots and they figure out it's him. They throw him out of the boat and then he spends time in the belly of a whale. And regardless of, I know some people are like, that's metaphorical, that can't be real. It doesn't really matter. Here's the point. God spoke the word of the Lord to Jonah and in that moment he found himself in a place he never should have been. And so many people find themselves in prayer rooms, God, deliver me! Oh, the devil! And God's like, you just booked a ticket to the wrong place, bro. It's, there's no demon. They're like, sometimes there are. Okay, I mean, like, sometimes there are. <laughs> but I'm going to say for the majority of the time, it has nothing to do with the, the devil attacking. Listen, there are people in the world that are making real differences in real time. The devil's not like, let me get Geo, you know? Most of the time, it's us not embracing these, these seasons where God is stretching us. You know what I mean? Like, where we have to be vulnerable, we have to be honest, we have to deal with some painful situations. Hello? God puts his finger and he's like, hey man, that worked for that one season, but you can't take that up the mountain with you. It's time for you to let that go. What am I trying to say? Some of us today, I believe God is saying to evaluate our lives, like to take a real look, like take inventory of your life. I woke up this morning, and, and when I, as soon as I woke up, I heard the Lord say this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And then during worship, it, like, the longer you are in worship, you begin to feel things in the atmosphere. And then as we're worshiping, you can feel it. You can feel the tension of, I, I know those words are true, but I don't know how to process that in light of everything that's happening around me. And what I, what I want to say to you today is the same way, listen, when Jesus spoke to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled, they were about to walk into a really troubling situation. And the invitation for Jesus in that moment is like, hey, hey, watch out because in this moment, if you don't steward your heart the right way, it's going to be difficult for you. And the nature of us when we, when we step into places like Tarshish is we begin to isolate we begin to speak things over ourselves that are just not true. One, one of the phrases that Jonah said in the belly of the whale that I believe finally said, finally spoke to God, I can let him go as now, is this, I remembered the Lord. Read it. Jonah chapter 3, one of the phrases he says as he begins to repent and begins to come back into alignment is, I remembered the Lord, which means what? He had forgotten the Lord. In order for you to remember something, you would have had to have forgotten it. And so as God is calling us, he's like, hey, will you allow me to steward your heart? Will you keep your heart soft, tender? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I see a lot of people that are living here, man. They're living here and they feel passed by. They feel forgotten. They feel excluded. You know what's one of the craziest things that we have fought since we started to release, release like we're called to be a Levitical people? is people feeling like I'm just not a Levite. Because that's what the enemy does, no? The moment identity is released, he begins to attack that thing. He begins to speak against it to exclude you from the tribe because there's, a, there's safety in a multitude, right? 
I'm going to get back to my notes. Get back to my notes. So I want you to see a couple things. Jonah disobeys. He finds himself in a terrible situation, yet the mercy of God. Some people view, view the storm as punishment. I view it as mercy. The more you grow in maturity with the Lord, you read a story like Jonah, you're like, man, God was not going to not let him accomplish his purpose. And this should liberate you because some of you are like paralyzed. I can't move because I don't know what God is calling me to do and I don't want to miss my purpose. What is that? Is God good or not good? Here's what I know, man. If my son's walking in any place that there's potential danger... And so you have to trust the ability of the Lord that he will put situations. What if the situation you're in right now is not punishment, but it's God trying to realign you? What if? What if somewhere along the way he was calling you and you became fearful and insecure and you didn't want to take, like, we're about to go on outreach here in a little bit. Like, as tribe, we're going to send teams out. You're going to have to make a decision because some of you have been feeling this, like, God, I got to do more with my faith. Here's an opportunity, but you have to make a decision. Which way are you going to book a ticket? There's no shame. There's no condemnation, right? Nobody's putting any weight on you. I want to say that there's no place that's safer than this. The real issue with Jonah was he didn't believe that the people of Nineveh deserved to be saved. That was the real issue. Like the whole battle was, you, you could hear it. I don't want to go to Nineveh because I know your nature. And your nature is if they repent, you're going to forgive them. But here's, here's what really, this is what really keeps me up at night. We pray a lot in the house of prayer uh, for, for cities to have revival. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many cities are still locked up because Christians are booking tickets to Tarshish when they should be going to Nineveh. You understand this isn't like a high profile like only for people who are called to ministry, this is, for your individual, this is for your individual life. There's some of you that God's been speaking things to you, and it could be small, but there's beauty and obedience. Yeah. Like, like, your obedience is not quantified by how big of a step it is. The beauty's in the step. Yeah. When, when, my, when my son was crawling around, when he took his first step, it was not a big step, but, but it was a step, so what did we do? We celebrated. Right. <laughs> because it was a step. And for some of us, it's like we're stifled. Like, I, I just can't because I can't take. Nobody's asking you to take a leap. Will you just take a step? Will, will you just take, like, will you just allow God into your heart? Will you just allow him to lead you and to guide you? And will you stop booking tickets for places that are landing you in metaphorical bellies of whales? That place sucks and it smells. <laughs> like, there was, nothing, there was nothing beautiful about that place. But here's what I know about this place because I've been here. It's familiar. Even though it sucks, it's comfortable because you know where you're at. Here's, here's what I know about this place over here. I'm going to be 100 for you, with you, for you too. This place is uncomfortable. This place is a place of, of like one of the things God's been speaking to me over and over in my prayer room is, Geo, everything has to be submitted to me. Like, I want every, every, every morning, it's like, God, something new. And it's like, no, submission. And I know it's like a cuss word in the church. I want to be submitted. I want to do me, YOLO. I want to do my own thing. But like, Geo, everything has to be submitted to me. And in order for something to be submitted, it means I don't have control of it. Right? Like, I'm at the mercy of the person who it's submitted to. 
And so when you boil it all down, we've talked about this. It all comes down to this one question. Can God be trusted? Maybe not for you, but for me. Any area that I'm, like, like if I'm going to submit my kids to the Lord, the question that I'm having to ask myself is, can I trust the Lord with my kids? The moment God speaks to me to give, it's like, do I really trust that that, that he's going to give it back? You see, like, this translates into every area of our life. But here's what, I, here's what I want to speak to you about here. You will never mature in this place. You will never find fulfillment in this place. This place releases identity over you. That is not who you are. Because I love you, I have to tell you, it's, it's not who you are. The things people say to you in this place is not who you are. You understand that when Jonah made this decision, all of a sudden he became the guy who ruined the whole trip for the whole boat. That's what he was wearing at that moment. He's like, just throw me out, let me die. That's what Tarshish does to us. It isolates us and it releases things over us that is not who God says we are. So so what is God asking us? Like, with all gentle mercy, I want you to know that the Lord is long-suffering. You're hearing this today, you're like, man, God must be frustrated because I've booked nothing but, I got a stack of tickets on this side. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. But like maybe today you could just hear like, will you come home? Like will you realign yourself with my purposes? Like the Bible talks about how the Lord wastes nothing. Like, I've gone through some difficult seasons, and they've been hard, man. We've talked about some of the miscarriages, the depression, the failures, you name it. But to be honest, it's like, Cubby, you can come up, bro. I was thinking about this this morning. During worship, I kept hearing that every high thing would be brought low. There, there's, there's a consistent agenda of the enemy to make small things big things and to deter us from exalting God. But I was thinking about the story of David. And one of the scriptures that we quote all the time in Psalms 23, it's a really popular scripture, but, but David says this, even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does he say? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you, because you are with me. And I'm thinking about this revelation that we just quote. It's like, oh, that's beautiful. But in order for David to have that revelation, it means that he must have been walking through some terrible situations. And he's feeling alone. He's feeling insecure. There's betrayal. There's all of these things. But every time he's walking through a difficulty, everywhere he looks, he's like, oh, my God, you're there. You seeing this? It's like, this is hard. It's dark. It's scary. But but you're here. And I believe God wants you to see that today. In your darkest, most dysfunctional moments, he's in the middle. He's in the middle. (laughs) I know preachers don't preach that. They're like, you're repentant. I want you to repent, but I want you to see him in the midst of it. Yeah. I want you to see that, like, you're not the pursuer. A Christianity that has you as the pursuer will never sustain you. It has to always be him. So here's what I want to pray. I want to pray over you. Let's stand. Paul talks about us going through difficult situations in Romans 5, and he says this, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know, say no. No. We know that these situations will help us develop endurance, 
and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our, strengthens our confident hope, which this is what we're after, right? A confident hope, meaning when situations come our way that are difficult, what do we have? A confident hope. Let's say a confident hope. Confident hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know dearly God, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. So here's what I want to allow the Lord to do today. I want to allow him to, to identify places in our hearts where we've been running. I was doing this yesterday. I was sitting, I was sitting in my house and I was just thinking, Lord, is there any place in my life where I'm running? in the opposite direction of where you're calling. And if I am, then why? So I'm going to pray really quickly, and then I'm going to give us a chance to, to respond in whatever way the Holy Spirit leads you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would, that you would make us aware. Holy Spirit, you are here. And you are the revealer of truth. And your word says this, that you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set us free. Your word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. So, Father, we speak freedom over your people right now. Even now. Freedom. Freedom from bondage. Freedom from insecurity. Freedom from doubt, freedom from fear, freedom from discouragement. Holy Spirit. Show us, God, where you're calling us. Listen, this, the safest place in your life is the center of God's will. I'm going to invite Prophetic Company to come up. You know, I'm, I'm going to let them share, but I, but I do feel this. I just want to invite you guys. No, I'm going I'm to do it together. Listen, just close your eyes one more time. I want to give everybody an opportunity to respond. If there's anyone here right now and you're like, man, I've been running. I just want to pray over you. I've been running and I've been embracing things that have been holding me down. And I just want to repent, which means to turn from that. It starts with an acknowledgement that you're going the wrong way. Would you just raise a hand all across the room? Anyone else? Yeah, it's good. Anyone else? Yeah. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, for every hand that was lifted, Father, I thank you that your blood covers them. And that your grace is much greater than our mistakes. So, Father, I ask that you would speak to them. That you would speak to them, Father. 
that you would encourage them, that you would, God, that you would breathe on their lives, that they would feel your grace. It's not hard. Just, Father, forgive me for going the wrong way and help me to go the right way. For some of us, man, I feel like the Lord, it's like we're holding on to these little things. The Bible talks about these little things. He says it's the little foxes. And I would just ask you this morning, why do you feel the need to hold on to that? Why do you feel the need to hold on to that? Jesus. Speak, Lord. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strengths. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our lives in a new way. Maybe you've done it before. Would you just invite him in again? Don't please, just don't look around in this moment. Just invite the Holy Spirit to rearrange. Lord, we want to be fully submitted. We love you. I'm all, I want to briefly share and stuff, and I'll have you share that as well. I feel like the, the Lord is, um, when we talk about purpose, um, a lot of times we can look at what we're doing, but a lot of times purpose is also who we are. Um, a lot of times purpose is who we are. And I really feel strongly that the Lord is identifying areas where we are holding on to things that is not, a, not who we are because it's comfortable, even though it's damaging to us. Um, there was one time I was praying for somebody, and the Lord showed me a, a pot that they were stirring, and I just saw unforgiveness and bitterness in it. And she was crying, but she couldn't stop stirring the pot. And I just, I really feel that heavy this morning, not necessarily unforgiveness and bitterness, but there's something that you're attached to and you're stirring and you know it's not good for you. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know who that's for, but um, in general, we're going to go ahead and pray now. But Stephanie, do you want to you share what you just told me as well? Yes, I was standing there. I just heard the Lord say, I'm opening prison doors and I'm setting the captives free. If you feel you've been imprisoned by anything, uh, an emotion, a person, your past. He wants to open the door and set you free and receive that freedom. He wants you to be free and, and you've been bound by your own prison. We just want to make room in the next few moments for anybody to respond. If you need prayer for healing, if you need encouragement, if you need to, like they were saying, if you feel like there's an area of your life that's locked up, I want to invite you out. But listen, it's important for the church to respond. 
I feel like we're in a season, like we have to respond to the word. So if you feel something, it's not about how many people come up. It's about making space for you to partner with someone to, to believe for breakthrough. Amen. So Covey is going to lead us for a few moments. I'm actually going to pray to bless you, and then you can just linger and wait on the Lord. We want to make space. This is why we're doing a 10 and a 6, because we want to make room for the Lord to move. Amen. So, Father, I bless every person here. I thank you for their lives. Father, Holy Spirit, as we have this time, I ask that you would call and quicken the ones that need to be prayed with. We just make room for you. Everything's for you, Lord. Everything's unto you. So, Father, speak to us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're welcome to wait on the Lord. We love you guys. The altars are open if you want to come up.